And I, at first I kind of thought this was petty. The more I thought about it, it's actually really brilliant, right? The value of the brand of Bugs Bunny, the value of the brand of Mickey Mouse. So Warner Brothers said, yeah, you can use Bugs Bunny and you can use Daffy. They have to be on screen for equal time. It works really Mouse. well. It works really well. And at first I'm like, God, it's so petty. But then I'm like, no, 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 I get it. Because how long that person's in that cameo is a dictation of the value of it. Yep. And like, you could totally diminish the brand. And it led to the funniest scene in the movie. The piano war between Daffy and uh, Donald Duck is a direct product of them needing to find a way to get equal screen time with these characters. Oh, that's interesting. Which I think that is unquestionably the best scene of the movie. The devil horns. I don't know. I like when uh, Roger's slamming the uh, plates on his head. He's like, no pain, no pain. Shave and a haircut. <laughs> Two bits. <laughs> Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakoshane, darling, Dakoshane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, in a world of animation and live action, there's only one thing you can trust, and that's a mortgage. Is it? No, <laughs> no, it's not. Toontown, man, that's where the real estate is not cheap. There, uh, there's it's like a the metaverse. Of... It was the metaverse before the metaverse. <laughs> Absolutely. And in order to get the best opportunity you can in Toontown, start with the best mortgage. Go to Sonic Loans. Get into a fixed, a multiverse 15-year, whatever you need. A multiverse? Get, yeah, absolutely. Get into that mortgage or refinance the one you have. It's the starting point of any type of financial decision you're going to make is having a good mortgage. And the family over at Sonic Loans is your starting point. They're going to make sure you get the best rate. They're going to make sure you get into the best loan possible. Reach out to Charlie. Tell him that Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready. You're going to have an animated experience. How's that? Womp womp. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. 
Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com. For a free consultation, call 248-595-0001. Try going in front of uh, the old Disney company and talking to the frozen head of Walt about using the likeness of Mickey, Minnie, Daffy. I'm saying just to make this movie, the attorneys, they worked overtime. They uh, Everybody was working on the weekend, if you know what I mean. So Bolton Legal Group is the only other legal group out there that could have pulled off such a progressive position on combining two intellectual entities like this. But if you're thinking about doing uh, the next two-frame Roger Rabbit, let's say you want to bring some of your favorite cartoon characters together or just borrow the likeness of a 1980s movie about fighter pilots, <laughs> I think the best group to go to is Bolton Legal Group. They are going to take care of you. They're aggressive, efficient. Ian and his team are there to serve your needs. Reach out to them today. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and uh, protect yourself from all those lawsuits. Today's episode, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? At the age of nine, life could not have been any better. I had a Nintendo WWF wrestling and had just watched Back to the Future a couple years earlier. My days were spent eating Teddy Grahams and drinking Snapple, and the weekends were reserved for my fill of Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. I was happy, I was content. Little did I know that true joy, true happiness, was right around the corner. June of 1988. The groundbreaking film Who Framed Roger Rabbit changed the game forever. Every juvenile emotion I had was set on fire. Jessica Rabbit turned me from a boy into a man overnight. What was got replaced by what could be as Disney and Warner Brothers collided and my universe expanded. This was my multiverse of madness. Today on Buzz in the Tower, we're going to bask in the glory that is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the dip to my animated dreams, Max Sanders. And with that... Jeez, Eddie. Remember me, Mo? No, you got to save that. That's the big one. <laughs> I've done it at least a dozen times on the show. When I killed your podcast partner <laughs> and I talked just like this. God, that's, that's <laughs> bad. You're making me want to do it, but I got to save it. I got to save it for it's the It's right so moment. good. It's terrifying. It is. He's Max, the scariest villain of the 80s. He's him and Vader. That's, that's a bold statement. He's freaky. He is freaky deaky. And you're not expecting him. Uh, you are if you know Christopher Lloyd. Uh, I mean, I know him as Doc Brown. Oh, I know him as uh, a Klingon. <laughs> well, yeah, from uh, Star Trek 3. <laughs> Was it 3? Yeah. No. It's Quest for Peace. You're right. You're right. I mean, uh, Search for Spock. Search for Spock. Quest for Peace is, is Superman 4. Yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> you had it wrong to begin with. I'm all wrong. I'm all over the map. You had a rough week, I guess, right? Sure. You seem busy. I am busy. Or you're just ignoring me. I'm ignoring you, and I'm busy. <laughs> I, the thing is, I dread coming to see you like every weekend. It's really hard. Like I've been, I, I text you like six times about like, <clears throat> hey, what do you think about this? And then, hey. and then when we get one Patreon, you're like, guess what? And it's like five minutes after I've tested you on an important question. Should we be using the podcast as your time to litigate your emotions? Yeah, because you can't beat up on me as bad. It's so true. You're such a coward. <laughs> filler. This is your equivalent of breaking up with someone in public. You're like, I'm going to address how mean you are to me on the podcast. So you have to reel in your response. I've never broken up with someone in, in uh in person. <laughs> uh, I've never in public. In public, have you? Um, it seems terrible. Why would you want to do that? No, I I went through. It seems worse. I went through a string of breakups that always <laughs> seem to take place right at the three month mark. Yeah, like I hit three months and be like, I'm out. I'm yeah, hundred percent out. How'd you get out? I'd say things like your carrier pigeon, <laughs> <laughs> smoke signals. <laughs> I'd podcast, I'd, 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 I'd podcast an episode. I'd be like, please pick your stuff up for my house. We're done. Sorry. Remember me when I broke up with you and I talked just like this. 
<laughs> that'd be a great way to break up with that'd someone. Be, that'd be terrifying. Max, welcome to the show. Hi. That'd be a great way to get a divorce. Would it? Well, <laughs> you'll learn. You'll have all those lined up. I got my I'm prenup kidding. set up, so I'm good. That's great. I love when you talk my about your money. Prenup. It's so romantic. Is it? No. No. It's terrible. You're, Do you have one? No. God, no. Oh. I'm Are never getting a divorce, man. We'll be on 2020 for a mutual murder before there's a divorce. <laughs> Probably don't want to publicize that, I guess, but it is what it is. A lot going on. Uh, there's a lot of unpacking that state. Well, you're nervous. The Lions could make the playoffs tonight. Today's a big day. Yeah. We got the Seahawks playing at four, yep. and they have to lose to the Rams, which well, I don't very think possible. Happen. I don't think it's going to happen. You're rooting for Baker Mayfield. I, this is my life as a Lions fan. And then tonight, the big one, Monday or Sunday night, primetime football, Lions-Packers at Lambeau. I, look, I already told you I would love it if the Lions squeaked into the playoffs, but I'm more interested just flat out in the Lions beating the Packers. I hate Aaron Rodgers. He annoys the hell out of me. And I want to just smush their face into the ground. So Nostradamus, I'm predicting Seahawks Seahawks lose. Yeah. Lions lose on a Hail Mary. Wow. It's just it's it's the Lions way to doing things. Of everything that you and I have ever said together and heard together, I've never wanted to punch you in the face more than I do right now. That's a lot. Because you once I'm we you have, have, a top, have a really punchable face. We, we should say a top five list of that. Do you remember in the movie Step Brothers when at the very end, after he'd been working for his brother for a while and Riggle's in there, he's like, you know, you're doing a great job, but I, I just want to I just want to punch you in the face. <laughs> pow! Yeah, pow! Pow, pow! I'm going to cut your wiener off and make you eat your own wiener. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to eat your wiener. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Step Brothers, I, I know I've said this to you before. I think Step Brothers is the hidden gem of all comedies. I feel like not enough people understand or Oh, seen no, no. It. It's it's well, the funniest movie I've ever it's seen. It's well known. I didn't like it the first time. Oh, my God. I, it's To me, it's my, it's my favorite Will Ferrell movie. How do you like that? Anchorman. No way. It's Anchorman. Step Brothers is significantly funnier than Anchorman. No. Sex uh, you have no sense of humor, so that's okay. I'm funnier than you are. You're, that is not true. You are accidentally funnier sometimes. Doesn't matter how you get there, man. That's that's your family crest. (laughs) Doesn't matter how you get there. Chevy Chase fell all over himself. That is honestly how you view life. It doesn't matter how you got there. No. No. Just get there. A to B. Just get there. <laughs> just get there, baby. I hate you just so win. Much. Just win. <laughs> Loser. Can we, do, can we talk about the show? Yeah. I got a lot of stuff to cover. You well, do. Let me go to my notes here. I okay. got a couple things I want to mention. So I was at a bat mitzvah last night. I'm exhausted. I, I saw that video. I partied until like 1130. That's late for me. So that video that. of you and your kids dancing in slow motion. It's fun. I'm going to use that whenever we celebrate on the show. That's be great. like, I Yeah. Like it. Please do. When the new Top Gun comes out. It's like. So I have to tell you that the funniest thing happened. Can you see? I wonder if it's still on my arm. Yeah, I see so some can blue. You see, can you see? Is it's that Hannah tattoo? It says, it says Buzz in the Tower. You can barely make Shut it. Shut up. I washed it off. So one of my very good friends' brothers, who's also a good friend of mine, Jordan, uh, his daughter, when Jordan drives to work, he listens to Buzz in the Tower, and his, awesome. his little daughter listens to it as well, Ella. And I told her I would totally give her a shout-out on the show because she wrote on my arm. She's like, I got to write Buzz in the Tower. And she's like, B-U-Z-Z-N, the Tower. And I was like, oh, she listens to the That's show? So That's so cool. Awesome. Yeah. So to our, to our littlest fan, Ella, I hope you hear this and enjoy the shout-out. Also, we got a really cool gift, and I don't know who it's from. The name on the envelope says B-Ball. Do we know a B-Ball? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who Someone asked for our address recently. It might be our guest spotlight. Well, I don't know who it is. And since you're an idiot and didn't keep track, um, <laughs> it's a Star Wars mashup 2023 calendar. It's hilarious. So I'm just going to flip to like one random month. Oh, this is a great one. So it's a picture. This is the picture of um, Han Solo and Leia. These are all uh, cartoon animated. I think it's cartoon animated. But the quote says, I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel, which is from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. You probably yeah. know that. I know every quote in here, Max. I've already skimmed through it. Nice. 
That's why. You're going to put it up in your office? That's why I'm host 1A and you're host 2. I'm fine with that. 2C. Scotty Pippen. Just no. don't make me Horace Grant. I'm going to make you Dennis Rodman. Start dyeing your you're, hair and send you to North Korea. I'd, I'd love to be Dennis Rodman. He's still in great shape. For a hot minute. <laughs> Dave Carmen Electra. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, Max. So to whoever, if you could let us know. This and he's in a Jean-Claude awesome. Van Damme movie. He is. Um, we a need good this. one. He's also, oh, no, never mind. I was thinking Wesley Snipes and Demolition Man. Oh, it's not Dennis Rodman. By the way, for the first time I watched, is it Sudden Impact or No Impact or? Double Impact where he's twins? No, no. Uh, the one with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Wilford Brimley on a horse in Louisiana. Okay, I don't remember. Don't okay. remember. It's, but it, there's a picture of Wilford Brimley on a horse with a bow and arrow, and you there's an ex- and there's an explosion behind him. I'm gonna get that tattooed on me at some point. Okay, yeah. Well, you're back in the tattoo mode, aren't you? Yeah, 23rd is my first in a while. I'm Excellent. getting Gizmo. Excellent. So Gizmo. all of those things out of the way now. Please let us know who this calendar was sent to us from. Uh, reach out to us <laughs> and let Max know because he's an idiot. It's got anthrax on it. I hope not. <laughs> I don't feel well. Maybe that's it. I'm in a constant state of being around people that are sick, and I think it's turning me into a hypochondriac. If you have never listened to our show before, please make sure you swing on over to Spotify or to Apple Podcast. Follow us subscribe leave a review show your support if you're looking for more content at buzz in the tower is our handle we are on all social media products uh you can go to our website to buzz in the tower.com b-u-z-z-n the tower w-n-b-c as howard stern would say and also our patreon patreon.com slash buzz in the tower max sanders we got someone waiting requesting a flyby what do you say let's do it all right sorry goose but it's time to buzz the tower Remember me, Goose! <laughs> when I killed you! <laughs> you screamed! He didn't scream. Just like this! Ah! Yeah, I totally ran out of top on quotes. <laughs> it's really gotten sloppy. I have to figure out a new way in. Max would love to welcome our newest patron, our newest co-pilot, Zachary, at the level of Goose, I believe, correct? Yep. Excellent. Zach, you are a man, a scholar, a gentleman. We welcome you to the co-pilot. We welcome you to the patron. As bad of a job as Max has done on literally every aspect of the podcast, that's where I'm at with the Patreon. I'm excited to say we'll be relaunching the Patreon next week. With all <laughs> Patreon new 2.0. Things. You got it, baby. It's going to be it's gonna be fantastic. We can rename it. Oh, that's <laughs> so much work. That's so much work. Uh, other than that, please remember, if you want to support the show, patreon.com is the best way to do it. It's uh, It shows your love and affection. Helps us, keeps us above water. I mean, Max and I have bills to pay. We're, we're important people with lots of obligations. Yeah, I have none, but you have some. Yeah, Max. I have tattoos. Max, and... your, your logo is just, just get there. Yeah. Just get there. I have a wedding to plan. Yeah, you do. We picked our venue. Oh, you, where'd you pick your venue? Ann Arbor City Club. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's great. Any you fans want to come by okay well anyways uh max (laughs) with with that being said and with our passion and love for all of our co-pilots a heartfelt thank you hey tony thanks thanks good morning what thanks god thanks ren thank you for uh Thank you. I've said it once. I've said it a hundred times, Max. Nothing makes me feel better than the old Patreon. Oh, that was going to be Roger Rabbit. No, I do yeah. love Roger Rabbit. Is this like a top five movie for you? You know, rewatching it was fun. Yeah. It's been many moons since I've watched it. Really? You don't Roger go back Rabbit. to this one? Not a lot. Yeah. I love it. It's a great movie. It falls into that category of on its own, 
standalone. It's a great movie. It's definitely a great movie. Is it one of my 10 favorite 80s movies? Probably not. But when you pull back and you look at the significance of it and how groundbreaking it was, uh, you actually are the person who coins this all the time. One of the things that you love about certain types of movies is the type of risk they take. This is your Howard the Duck argument, Mm. that you respect Howard the Duck. If for nothing else, the audacity of making Howard the Duck excites you a little bit. I kind of feel that way about this movie. There certainly had been examples of mixing the animation with live action. Mary Poppins, Disney had done it before. The Paul Abdul video. Yeah, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. We come together because something attracts the opposite. Wolf blood? Crow. Crow milk. (laughs) (laughs) Fight like a crow. What is this? A crow milk? Oh, God. So it's always sunny. I think that there's a huge nostalgia aspect to this because at the age in which I watched this movie, my life was Mickey and Bugs Bunny. You do for, you do forget too that like watching cartoons nowadays. I'm a huge cartoon guy, and you know, Family Guy, American Dad, the, the, Adventure the, Time. The crossovers exist everywhere, and they never used to. Well, no, the interesting thing is I forgot how much fun it is to have these kind of animated characters just be bouncing off the walls and being super goofy and not meta. Do you know what I mean? Like I do. So it's funny you bring that up. That's part of it. I, I totally went a different direction. In my laptop, knocked your laptop over. Sorry. <laughs> What I thought you were going to say is now when you have the family guy who satirically will bring in everything from like Back to the Future to Mickey yeah. Mouse or even South Park, like the Disney episode with Mickey Mouse is like the funniest thing ever. <laughs> the that, China one. Yeah. That that never happened. Yeah. So these crossovers, when they took place like in this movie, it was it was earth shattering for me as a kid being like, oh, my God, Mickey and Bugs. And were you are you a Disney or Warner Brothers guy? Warner. Really? Yeah. It's funny, when I was younger, yeah. I was definitely a Warner Brothers guy, and now that I'm older, and I don't know why, like, my kids know nothing of Warner Brothers. So, I, yeah, I can answer this a little bit. For me, I was, you know, born in 85, so, yeah. like, early 90s, going to the mall was the coolest thing. Yeah. The Warner Brothers store yeah, was the coolest right. thing on Tasmanian the face of the earth. devil. I had... Yeah. I had the stupidest necklace of in the entire world. I had like the most non shocking story. So ever. it's an inch thick of like uh steel. And velvet? <laughs> and at the bottom it was like the size of an orange was the Tasmanian devil in a giant sphere and yeah. it spun. Yeah. And I, I thought I was the coolest kid ever. I, I bet you thought you were the coolest News kid. Newsflash, I was not. Question, your mom is like high fashion. How did she let you... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> laptop. Sorry. Sorry. I almost knocked your laptop over. You almost knocked it over. How did your mom allow you that to slide? I feel like she uh, would put her foot down. Jewish mother, I can do no wrong. Yeah. I wore bowling shirts. I, I had a velour Sean John jumpsuit. Sure you did. Yeah. So That's amazing. And I wore FUBU, even though it wasn't... For Made me. for you? No, yeah. I feel it's for you. <laughs> Rock aware. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I wore my shirt in the pool. I was, I grew up watching a ton of Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, uh, Wiley Coyote, Roadrunner. That was my jam. Disney was not, I shouldn't say it wasn't. I used to watch the old school Disney. At that point, well, yeah, it was the, almost the a 80s, rerun. The 80s weren't a big time for Disney. But even, what? even, God, God, <laughs> Jesus, <man>. sorry. <laughs> Even more than the cartoon, I used to watch like the old Disney, like uh, National Geographic. Like Disney used to make these like videos that were like national. naked African women. Yeah, what? no, that's oh. not what I used to watch. But <laughs> thanks. All right, moving on from this topic. Yeah, we're a little off Kelter. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Who Rep- did it? I don't, I don't know. know. Who did it? We have no clue. <laughs> Um, it represented something that I'd never seen before. I think there's a lot of value in that too. Like I'd never seen anything. Nobody had ever seen anything like this before. Then you have the fact, the the sexualization of Jessica Rabbit for a 10-year-old boy, 9-year-old boy. I was like, oh my God, like this is, I, I was uncomfortable. I was excited. I can't believe like this is a PG movie. Yeah. She should make it at least PG-13. What is the better, what is the better booby trap play of words pun? Goonies, when you have Data 
saying, that's why I said booby trap or the booby trap in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I was going to bring this up. You love the booby trap in this movie so I much. It's I knew you, I was waiting like over under. So, of you. I love. There's a million things in this movie. I love puns. I love <laughs> puns. In addition to loving puns, the difficulty of talking about a movie like Who Framed Roger Rabbit the Easter egg count in this movie. Oh, it's out of control. I, I, I couldn't even fit a quarter of these in. There's the so episode. many facts about this movie. It's insane. It is. And with that, what a great tie-in. Max, look at you progressing the episode. That's Didn't a wonderful tie-in. Yeah. No, you did great. Why don't we start where we always start? Let's talk about who directed it and who's in it, and then we'll get into some facts, and we'll talk a little Roger Rabbit. Yeah. 1988, as I mentioned, I was a wee lad, only nine <laughs> or ten years old. No, nine. I think I would have turned ten saw in the December theaters? of that year. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Saw it in theaters. 100%. I mean, this was an event. It was a big deal. Uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, if you don't know that name. Get out of here. Then you need more roads where we're going, my friend. Back to the Future. Uh, executive produced by Spielberg and Amblin, and we'll talk about the tie-in to that. It was originally written as a novel called Who Censored Roger Rabbit by Gary Wolf, and then rewritten by Jeffrey Price and Peter <laughs> Peter Seaman. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for you. Yeah. I am a small child. So dude. they're a combo writing team. They also wrote Doc Holliday, Wild Wild West. We read Wild Wild West a lot. Are there just a lot of people that were in the 80s that do we bring up wild wild west a lot it's always like it's do. always like an add-on for some writers like i feel like that script got written by like 15 people possibly yeah doc hollywood's great one, yeah. one of my favorite and michael how, j fox movies how the grinch stole christmas too that's a good movie too. yeah and um, shrek the third shrek the third have you seen puss in boots the new one i heard it's incredible it's out of control the best villain <laughs> of the 2020s that's what i heard i need to re- I gotta watch that with the kids out of control ASAP. yeah uh, starring Bob Hoskins, Christopher Lloyd, and Joanna Cassidy, and then the voice of Roger Rabbit, the comedian Charles Flesher. He was the doctor in and, Nightmare on Elm Street. The, yeah, in Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street. I and he's also, uh, he's Terry, the crazy clock guy in Back to the Future too. Nice. You know, he's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Save the clock tower. Yeah. And he's got two ties on. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him. He's very weird looking. Well, and we've learned, if anything, from doing this podcast, what it's opened my eyes to is that when the person is in charge of one movie, goes to do another movie, he brings the music. I mean, out the gate, you know right away when I when I listen to this movie when I listen right when I listen to Back to the Future Back to the Future it's that it's the same it's literally the same feel as Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which makes sense because Alan Silvestri did both. Yeah, it's incredible. He is the man. Yeah. There's no uh, Huey Lewis, though, in Back to the, or in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. There's probably okay. like a shadow in the background somewhere. Yeah. That's the power of tunes. <laughs> that was such a bad joke. I'm sure there's a cartoon. Jokes. I'm sure there's a cartoon Huey Lewis somewhere in this movie. That'd I like his great. glasses. Well, it makes sense because they literally gave a cameo to everybody else in the yeah. world. Do you, so, know what, you know what else makes me really happy about this movie? Well, can I tell you what it's about first before you tell me what makes you happy about Fine. it? Fine. That's okay. I don't have to. What do you got? No, no, no. no you go. You go. No, no. The no, 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 no. It's more. Important. No, good. It's gonna go ahead. <laughs> Tell me. So Bob Hoskins, who plays Eddie Eddie Valiant, who is fantastic as Smee and Hook. Yes, that's he my, is. That's my second favorite. Or role. Mario and Super Brothers. <sighs> and Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> it's terrible, but terrible. yeah, but he's good at it. So I looked up like what he was known for, and have you seen the Long Black Friday or no, the Long Good Friday, the Good Long Friday? <laughs> 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 I never get this right. Uh, you don't say. Yeah. I have no idea what you're referring to either way. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, any of those three titles you gave me, I have no clue. Okay, hold on. Yeah, yeah, it's a long Good Friday. Okay. It's a 1980 movie. Yes. And you know like Guy Ritchie movies like Snatch, Lock, yes. Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? Yep. This is the 1980 version of that. And oh. he's he's like the crime boss who's being attacked and he can't understand why. And Helen Mirren's like his kind of wife and confidant. And 18 or 19-year-old Pierce Bronson is like a murderer in a uh, swimsuit. Okay. So it's incredible. I'm glad we went down that road. It was fun. I have to watch well, it. It just opened my eyes to something I wouldn't 
what I would have never seen before. Now, can I tell you what this movie's about? I can open your eyes. In 1947, R.K. Maroon, the head of Maroon Cartoon Studios, is concerned about the recent poor performances of one of his stars, Roger Rabbit. Maroon hires Eddie Valiant to investigate the rumors about Roger's voluptuous tune wife, Jessica. I feel naughty saying that. Being romantically involved with rival Marvin Acme, owner of both the Acme Corporation and Toontown. Dum, dum, dum. And that's it. Yeah. So I didn't realize until I just watched Chinatown. For the I mean, part. that's a liar. That's not it. Like basically <laughs> hires Eddie Valiant. Eddie Valiant then discovers that Marvin Acme is having, I guess, an affair. If you want to call patty cake an affair. I love that. The, yeah, they, it's patty cake. But yeah. I mean, the sounds they make, they're enjoying it's their patty, patty cake. cake. Shortly after Marvin Acme is murdered, then R.K. Maroon is murdered. And all this is pinned on Roger Rabbit. And then the unlikely pair of Eddie Valiant and Roger Rabbit team up to find the true murderer and the plot behind what happens spoiler alert it's judge doom dum 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 the scariest evil person ever next to ursula from <laughs> she's scary Little too Mermaid. she's the predator of yeah. uh <laughs> disney <laughs> cartoons <laughs> but i didn't realize i thought this plot was super unique i was like wow they really like thought this out and then i watched chinatown two weeks ago and i go oh it's chinatown yeah yeah <laughs> I think that's kind of like the nostalgic part of it for the film is like it's meant to be one of those like old timey murder mysteries. That's what works so well about the cartoons in this. Like the cartooning doesn't age because it's set in 1947. What? Nothing? No, I'm nodding. I forgot people can't hear me when I nod. Sorry. I agree. You're brilliant, Max. Great work. Thank you. Great work. Me. So let's dive into facts and fun stuff. There's a lot. Uh, In 1981, Disney bought the film rights to this book that was called Who Censored Roger Rabbit? Uh, I mentioned by Gary Wolf. In the novel. Gary K. Wolf. Huh? Gary K. Wolf. I feel you love those middle initials. Well, Dick K. Wolf, too. Uh, in the novel, the newspaper comic strip characters are real and they live their daily lives alongside humans. So they liked the idea. They felt that it would be a good thing to do. In exchange for a share of creative control over the film and its characters, director Steven Spielberg and Amblin Entertainment were brought on by Disney to help produce the film. This ended up being a pretty critical element of the entire movie because only Spielberg would have the cachet right. to walk into Disney and walk into Warner Brothers. <laughs> Give me all like, your characters. I need, I need licensing to everything you're doing. And I'm going to put you next to your direct competition. It's interesting because if you think about it between Lucas and Spielberg, they have historically been able to get a lot of licensing from other things like Spielberg when it comes back to the future was able to show all of these brands and labels that otherwise he wouldn't have been able to get licensing. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, he's like he's Moses. He parts the Red Sea. It's pretty incredible, right? Uh, When they initially were meeting with Disney, it was kind of cool because Disney gave them, uh, you know, Zemeckis is a visionary. So, you know, Spielberg said, all right, I'm on board. And he goes and grabs Zemeckis, who obviously he executive produced. Back to the Future. And Zemeckis came in along with his principal cinematographer and they met with Disney who gave him some pointers. Hey, look, if you're going to do this, we've got experience doing this. Don't mess around with shadows. Don't mess around with lights. Don't zoom in. Don't zoom out. And they're like, Pfft. yeah, they gave him like a list of like six <laughs> things not to do. And, and did it all. Zemeckis walked out. There was like, okay, we're going to do all those. Yeah. And it was really incredible. If you go back and look at Mary Poppins is the best example, but the line of sight between live action and cartoon, they're often not meeting eye to eye. There's not a ton of shadow or actual like live product interaction. So it's almost like it's totally shot in in live action and then the cartoon itself they hit, is over they hit their print. spots basically whereas in who framed roger rabbit everything from when the weasels first go over to eddie valiant's apartment and he, they're holding the gun yeah rather than hey let's animate a gun in the weasel's hand they're like no no no. let's get a real gun 
put it on puppeteer strings. Yeah, like and mechanical then operators and stuff. That's incredible. It's, it's the it, difference of the movie. It changes the whole movie. It feels real. It does feel like, real. To this day, it feels bizarrely like this actually could have happened. If you go back and watch, they add real human shadows. Like yeah. there, there's a lot of scenes that are Remember when Eddie Shadow talks back to him? Yeah. I like that. Well, that's funny. But yeah. even but even if you watch the characters themselves, like you see it's not animated shadows that that exists. It's real shadows. And then they're going back over and hand animating on top of what's going on in the movie. There was over a million drawings done for this movie. It's incredible to me. Absolutely incredible. You know, I'm big into the financial stuff. We've said before that Batman was the most expensive movie of the eighties. Why, why did we avoid this? Like it's seven, like, so Batman was 89, right? Yeah. But Batman was 38 million. This was 70 70 million. Like why we never talk about this under the expensive movies. And it brought in what? 350 million, 329 worldwide. Jesus Christ. That's a lot of money, but 70 million. That, I mean, it's imagine, a lot of money. imagine nowadays if someone's like, so Avatar just came out, it cost $2 billion. If someone tomorrow came out and they're like, hey, we're going to do one that's four. That's the equivalent. That's a really good point. Yeah. It really, it's not like it was just over by a couple million. I mean, they really, I think part of it too, is kind of fascinating is when you're making movies, if you get the right names attached to anything, people are willing to cut a check. Yeah. You've got Zemeckis coming off the success of Back to the Future. You got Spielberg, who at this time was, uh, yeah, this is, he can do whatever he wants. Both uh, Indiana Jones are out. Then you also have Disney and Warner Brothers. Yeah. So I thought one of the real fascinating things as they're negotiating with Warner Brothers and Disney to use the characters. And at first I kind of thought this was petty. The more I thought about it, it's actually really brilliant, right? The value of the brand of Bugs Bunny, the value of the brand of Mickey Mouse. So Warner Brothers said, yeah, you can use Bugs Bunny and you can use Daffy. They have to be on screen for equal time. It works really well. It works really well. And at first I'm like, God, that's so petty. But then I'm like, no, 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 I get it because to the person watching this movie, how long that person's in that cameo is a dictation of the value of it. And like you could totally diminish the brand. And it led to the funniest scene in the movie. The piano war between Daffy and uh, Donald Duck is a direct product of them needing to find a way to get equal screen time with these characters. Oh, that's interesting. Which I think that is unquestionably (laughs) the best scene of the movie. The devil horns. I don't know. I like when uh, Roger's slamming the uh, plates on his head. He's like, no pain, no pain. (laughs) And then Judge Doom was, by the way, has there ever been a more excruciating Shave and a haircut. (laughs) Two bits. <laughs> That's my favorite scene. You do love that scene. You're why nice. would you think I? Why do you know that I love it? That it scene? aligns well with you. It's like, like, what do you think Max's favorite low scene is? Humor. To be fair, though, my favorite joke in the movie is booby trap. Yeah, so that's that's, true. yeah, I'm not a whole lot better. By the way, speaking of that, you know, oh God, how do I say this right? This is the strangest fact I've ever heard, but Jessica Rabbit is the most attractive animated character of all time, correct? Uh, cool World. Um, what's her I haven't face? seen that yet. It's Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I hear it's awesome. Who's the actress? Uh, what's uh, it's Baldwin's wife, uh, first wife? Kim Bassinger? Yeah. Yeah. Basinger? Yeah. Basinger? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it's drawn based off of her and it's voiced yeah. by her. And uh, she is more attractive than Jessica Rabbit. Okay. But there's a specific reason that you don't know why she's so attractive and alluring. Oh, there is? Yeah. <laughs> Jump into my psyche, Freud. Let me I know. have no idea how they did this. Yeah. I'm going to say this lightly. Uh, the way normal human cleavage bounces. Yes. Like, you know, you take a step up, they go down. Kind sure. Of thing. Sure. I'll try to take your word on For it. For some reason, they decided, looking at mechanics and attractiveness. To invert the bounce? Yes. And that did it? I mean, well, that made it. I mean, I think 
they've credited it. I as, think we're ready to move on to the next yeah. topic. Isn't we that spent wild too though? Long on this. Yes, it's interesting. I guess in some weird way, I'm sure there's some guy behind some dark cloak <laughs> that understands how that works. The other people that could have had the role was of all of the times we talked about people that were up for the role. This oh, one's so many fascinating. People. But I mean, these are the ones that really were close for Eddie Valiant. It was offered to Harrison Ford, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Sylvester Stallone, and Eddie Murphy. So the best one is Bill Murray. They called him and he didn't call him back. Yeah, because <laughs> you know he doesn't have an agent. He just I has know, a phone. He does it himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So who do you think would have been better? Do you think anyone would be better? I think it's great that he's Eddie Valiant. Chevy Chase could have been great at this. Chevy Chase, just a a prick and the sarcasm and the physical humor. It's really good. Chevy Chase could have done really well. Um, Robin Williams, I don't think, would be that Too much. Too over the top. Because he is a tune. Yeah. Like, too much. Yeah. Robin Williams would have been a great Judge Doom. Oh, my God. Well, do you know who auditioned first for Judge Doom? No. And he did such a good job, they scared him too much. Who? Uh, Tim Curry. Robert England? <laughs> Tim Curry. Tim Curry would be good. I could see they, that. They, 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 freak, they got freaked out. He was too good. I believe it. Yeah. I Christopher Lloyd's it. great in this, too. Um, I've got some more fun stuff for you. And this may be a rare episode where we don't even spend all that much time talking about the movie itself, and we just do facts the whole time because there's so many. It's a whodunit, basically. Yeah. And Judge, Judge Doom has done it. We were just talking about this the other day. So you remember at the beginning of this movie how they are actually shooting a cartoon? Like that's how the movie Baby starts Herman. off. Yeah, yeah, Baby Herman. There's a guy who plays the director of the film. It's Raul your favorite guy. Raul. It's Joel Silver. Yeah. My, I'm like, how you are great, Baby Herman. I love yeah, being yeah. in it. That's great. He was really funny too. Joel Silver, obviously, we talked about him the other day. Uh, Die Hard. Predator? Yeah. The executive of the 80s, yeah, basically. Absolutely. Yeah, he was great. Um, Lost Boys, stuff like that. Why don't you go back and forth? What do you got? I'll go to one, you go one. I mean, I, I could go on forever. What's, what, give, throw me a fact. They what used 326 animators for this movie. That's incredible. And 82,080 frames of animation were drawn. And like I said, over a million uh, drawings were done for this movie. When Eddie goes to Toontown for the first time, when he sees the Toontown as a whole, like that kind of drive-by, literally the amount of drawings and uh, film that was made for that was eight feet high. So let's talk about when he goes through the tunnel. That tunnel that he goes through to yeah. get to Toontown is the exact same tunnel from Back <laughs> to the Future 2. It's, a, it's unbelievable. It's I, These little things are great. When Roger's looking at photos of him and Jessica, there's one photo that has a background that has like all those drawings on the wall. It's from that Brown Derby restaurant. But in there, you can see a small drawing of Steven Spielberg. You can also see one of Mickey Mouse. Oh, that's cool. There's those types of camp. The, the puns are great, too. When Remember when they were outside of the studio and you see all those cows that are like reading their script and mooing? Yeah. Do you see the sign that says cattle? call oh that's great <laughs> I thought that was funny or Dumbo he works for peanuts oh, yeah that's a great Dumbo one was or, great too. or I love the giant I got him on loan for Disney <laughs> <laughs> the giant monkey that's uh you know the bouncer at uh, the yep, club yep and he's like nice monkey suit and I was like yeah it's yes, funny you do you and I both enjoy a good pun or like the bartender is an octopus with eight arms yep Love that, that. That's how you feel, right? Yeah. The uh, the ingredients for dip, turpentine, acetone, and benzene are all paint thinners. So yeah. they actually literally get rid of paint. Yeah, so it's what they use to uh, yeah, get rid of like uh, yeah screens and all. Makes sense. Yeah, the voice of the shoe that gets dipped in the dip. Oh, I don't want to know. You don't want to know the voices? Well, it's gonna make it sadder. It's not gonna make it sadder. It's amazing. Who is it? It's the voice of Bart Simpson. Shut up, Nancy Cartwright, uncredited. That's that was, incredible. That was her voice. Oh my god, isn't that wild? So he killed Bart Simpson. He so is he, that is that any relation to Bart Simpson? Sorry, Simpson. Bart Simpson. I have big juicy lips. You do. They're like gross. in the way. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't even like to look at you. That our she, new configuration in the studio is okay, but sometimes I have to look at you and it makes me super uncomfortable. Uh, that uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to bring up something else. That's all right. No. Don't worry about uh, that. <laughs> that shoe being killed is like my least favorite scene. I know. It's, it's difficult. Sad. And you got to think the other shoe has to re- live the rest of his life without his buddy. It's true. Was it lefty or righty? I don't know. Oh. Charles Fleischer, who does the voice of Roger Rabbit, also does Benny the Cab and Two of the Weasels. 
And do you know he dressed up as Roger Rabbit for all his voice stuff? He got into it. Yeah. Method actor. He got into it big time. Bob Hoskins' son wouldn't talk to him for two weeks after this movie was. Because uh, he's like, how could you not introduce me to the cartoons? That's isn't that so great? cute. Yeah. Do you um, have you ever paused the movie to read the inscription that's inside of the box for Eddie's Toon Gun? No. What is it? Thanks for getting me out of Huskow, uh, Yosemite Sam. What's Huskow? I don't know, but okay. it's from Yosemite Sam. By the way, those bullets are racist. Yeah, super racist. <laughs> it's really inappropriate. Like anti-Native American. It's the one thing that didn't age well. Well, it's not the one thing. Yeah, there was cameos from the Song of the South, like Br'er Rabbit, and then oh like, no. That one baby that's made out of like tar, and I think it's an inappropriate term to use, but like, yeah, that, that's in it real yeah. quickly. Yeah, there's well, they they also uh, they just got rid of that on the Disney ride that used to be on the mine. Oh my ride god, seriously, yeah. I think it was literally in the last like five or six years they got rid of that. Well, they also talked about segregation, I guess. Uh, the Ink and Paint Club was based on the Cotton Club in Harlem, oh. so it's like you know, because African Americans could perform or serve there, but they got couldn't it. work. Got it. I mean, uh, hang out there. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I got gotcha. you. So, but in the end, the tunes get everything. Yeah, they do. So that's good, 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 uh, good yeah. crossover. Invisible I, I, ink and reappearing ink. Uh, I'll, I'll go fast on this. I mean, I don't know how. I, I don't know how good a fast. No, on this one particular thing. Okay. Let me give you the names of the cameos of characters from Disney and from Warner Brothers. Oh, can I can I do a bunch and then <clears> you can uh, tell me what I missed? No. Oh. But you can just list the ones you have. Do you want to do you? Uh, why don't you do Warner Brothers? I'll do Disney. Okay. You ready? Yep. Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, Goofy, Pluto, Pete, Horace, Horse Collar, Clarabelle Cow, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They were in the newspaper. Remember when I talked about Eddie Valiant saved them? Yeah. Uh, Gus Goose, Jose Carrico, Bucky Bug. I'm getting deep now, right? The, um, the characters, title characters from The Merry Dwarfs, title characters from Flowers and Trees, the son from The Father of Noah's Ark, Einhorn is Finkel, Finkel is <laughs> <Finkel's> Einhorn, <laughs> Toby the Tortoise, the title characters from Water Babies, the Isle of Jazz from Music Land, Jenny Wren, who killed Cock Robin. That's real, Cock Robin. The title character from Cock Oh the Walk. A lot of, a lot of chickens, I guess. You want to stop doing this? No, I'm getting deep. Uh, Snow White, Seven Dwarfs, Evil Queen, Forest Animals, Ferdinand the Bull, Pinocchio, Jiminy Cricket, The Reluctant Dragon, Dumbo, The Crows, Mrs. Dumbo, Casey Jr., The Clowns from Dumbo, Bambi Bambi's Mother, The Great Prince, Thumper, Pedro from Saludos Amigos, Ben Buzzard from The Flying Jalopy. Max, I'm not even halfway through the list. Do you want me to just stop? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Yeah. Warner Brothers, hit me. Uh, So I don't have a list, so I was going to be like <laughs> Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Tweety Bird, Sylvester the Cat, Elmer Fudd, Porky Pig, Yosemite Sam, <laughs> yeah, um, Foghorn Leghorn, yep, Roadrunner, also him. Wily Coyote, Got Marvin it. the Martian, He's Sam my favorite, Sam the Sheepdog, Speedy Gonzalez. Which I think is offensive, but I think it's a great name. No, it's not. A little bit. What's wrong with Speedy? Those are things that fast mice say. Those are things that fast mice say. I have them in my house. All right. Put a little sombreros on them. The bottom line is, <laughs> oh, then there's MGM cartoons. There's Droopy Dog. Uh, there's Par- oh, I love him. Betty Boop from yeah. Car- from Paramount. Poor Betty. I know. So wait, was uh, Mac Quizell or whatever her name was the? She's the voice of Betty Boop, and she's also the grand, the, the, the great aunt in uh, in National Lampoon yeah. Christmas Vacation. So she voiced it in this, correct? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, was she alive? Still? Yeah, yeah. A- Eighty nine so. is National Lampoons. Uh, Universal Pictures. Woody Woodpecker was in here. I mean, like every single thing you could think of made it. There are deleted scenes when they had like they had Chip and Dale, Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you know uh, Chip and Dale's is uh not Chip and Dale's Chip and Dale are based on Tom Selleck and and uh, Harrison Ford? Yeah, yeah, duh, it's so cool, dude. Come on, the Hawaiian shirt and yeah. the fedora. I, mean, I know you know that right away. It didn't come take on. me. It took me a while. Bum 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 bum. Sometimes <laughs> some crimes. Just so we're clear, Chip and Dale, the original Chip and Dale, yeah. were not based on those two characters. No, As their outfits were. Max, what? Listen to me. Okay. The original Chippendale didn't have outfits, and it's from Disney in the 50s before either of those guys had those characters. Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. There it is. 100% That's what I based on them. Yeah, okay. Don't ever do that again. Don't make me humiliate you like that. doesn't make any of us look good. Sometimes. This is what you live for. Some crimes <laughs> go slipping through the cracks, but these two gum shoe. What are they doing, Max? I don't know. They're the, picking up the, the tracks. Crimes. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. Timing. Hey, why don't we take one quick moment and have a word from our sponsors for a commercial break? Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dolby Real Estate. You can find them at weardolby.com. If you're looking for property in Toontown, you want to go right next to Betty Boop, get a place right on the edge. Of Just the, like a rabbit's house. I want to live you're, you're in her you're shower. Stalker. Oh my God, that's <laughs> terrible. What's that go for? That, uh, five to 10 <laughs> on, a, on a PPO. So if you want that type of living situation, not Max's creepy one, but like a general happy one, you're going to definitely want to go to Dolby Real Estate. They have the best real estate agents in the world. They are going to find you the perfect house or if you want to move because your next door neighbor is looking at you taking a shower and his name is Max, they're also the right group to sell your house. Dance sexy. Absolutely. Uh, Dolby <laughs> Real Estate, Simon and his team of experts are there to take care of your housing needs. In today's market, it's so critical to have the right partner in your corner and that's where you start. 400 million in sales in 2021, 1,000 homes sold. Reach out to Simon and the team, tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to sell your home or get into your next fantasy home. Huzzah, welcome back. There's no place too big, no place too small. <laughs> when you need help, just call Timing. <laughs> Do you know the weasels' names? I don't. They are smart. Can I say smart ass? No. Okay. They are smart butt. Smart donkey. Yeah. Uh, psycho, stupid, greasy, and wheezy. Yeah. I like weasels. Sure. I did a uh, book report on weasels in third grade. You would have done a book report on weasels in third grade. They fascinate me. Jessica Rabbit's speaking voice was performed by Kathleen Turner, who didn't get a freaking credit. I know. Isn't that weird? The singing voice got it, which was Amy Irving, which I have no idea who that is, but she got the credit for it. Uh, Kathleen Turner did not. And it's not like she was a nobody at that time. She's in Body Heat right? and uh, Romancing the Stone. You got it. You yeah. romance that stone. You will. And War of the Roses. So, so. You ever seen that? It's good. I have War of the Roses. is great. Makes me never want to get divorced. I know. That and. Uh, Marriage Story? No. Uh, the Burning of the, the Burning. The Boiling of the Rabbit. Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. <laughs> I couldn't think of that. Was the no, they should have gotten a divorce, though. No, rather probably. Than, yeah. Uh, the line, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way was voted as number 83 and the 100 greatest movie lines ever. I said that at work the other day and people were like, Ew, yeah, you're, <laughs> don't you're do that. Super weird. Why would you say that at work? <laughs> Another pun that I thought was great that there's a truck full of bowling balls, pianos, um, and into which Jessica Rabbit and subsequently Eddie Valiant crash into Toontown. Acme overused, uh, overused gags. gags yeah, is so really good. funny to me. Do you know who else they, uh, they thought of for Judge Doom? No. Who else? Sting. Uh, I could have seen that a yeah. little bit. And yeah. uh, Dune, he's pretty evil. And also Christopher Lee. I could see that. Do you know Christopher Lee is the basis of James Bond? No. So his cousin is the guy who wrote the James Bond movies. Mm -hmm. And Christopher Lee was an uh, SS or what's the big spy company in uh, Britain? Not company, but like, you know, like the CIA, but for Britain. Isn't it the... Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, yeah. SS. Yeah. 
Uh, that feels like the Nazi stuff. Though. It is. They're probably both the same thing. Oh, conspiracies. Fake. But fake, uh, he's fake he's the reason that uh, James Bond exists. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Zemeckis used the Benny the Cab go-kart during the production of Back to the Future 3. And some of the shots for the scene where Marty is dragged by the horses, Michael J. Fox was actually being dragged by the Benny go-kart. Oh, neat. Yeah, that was kind of, you know, because they had to use something to actually move a minute and then yeah. put the animation on top of it. Uh, Judge Doom never blinks. Well, do you know who he was supposed to be as a cartoon? There's theories out there. Yeah, we did this on one of our... Uh... Yeah, this is way back. It was yeah, so yeah. random. It was conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories, yeah. that's right. So he's supposed to be Pistol Pack and Possum. So you, when he's going to kill Marone, mm-hmm. or Maroon? Marone. 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 Yeah. You can see his reflection on the Pistol, po- pistol Pack and Possum uh, when he's killing RK Maroon. So, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Man, when his eyes popped out at the end, and like, you know, he's... Remember me, Eddie! (laughs) Do the whole thing. No, I can't. Why? Remember me, Eddie! When I killed your brother, and I talked just like this! (laughs) It's really good. It's really good. What an obscure thing to be able to imitate, of all the things I can imitate. Well, it goes through the spectrum of sound, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Just the spectrum of sound. Mm. Good old delicious sound. <laughs> baby baby Herman is uncomfortable in this movie. A little bit. I'm not sure how I feel. I got a 50-year-old lust and a three-year-old dinky. <laughs> That's the tattoo you need. <laughs> him smoking you a cigar. should get a business card. This is Max Sanders. 50-year-old lust, three-year-old dinky. <laughs> That's not cool. It's really funny, though. It's yeah. kind of you. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit you. So do you know Kathleen Turner was nine months pregnant with this movie? No. When she was recording? Oh, yeah. wow. I know. That's kind of interesting. Makes me feel a little bit different about it. Uh, did you see on the wall when he, Eddie Valiant goes to Toontown and he goes into the, opens the bathroom door trying to hide from, oh man, the, the, the hyena um, girl. Yeah. 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 Um, he goes into that open room and there's no floor underneath it. And quickly you can see it written on the wall for a good time. Call Allison Wonderland. Oh yeah. The best is yet to be. I thought that was funny when that scene, when he's falling and it's bugs and Mickey and they pull the old spare tire. It's pretty routine. good. It's, yeah. it's just classic. It's very cool to see him like together. I, ain't I a, I'm a stinker. Ain't I? Or no, it's classic Bugs Bunny. Uh, ain't I a stinker? Yeah, yeah. I thought this was kind of cool. So they were fighting constantly with Warner Brothers. So this time Warner Brothers had like an updated look and feel to their cartoons. Mm. And that's what they wanted Zemeckis to use. But Zemeckis wanted to use the more... 40s and 50s look of the cartoon. It's so smart because it puts it in time. So it's like it doesn't become dated. So to get Warner Brothers off their back, they gave them a fake shot of the updated cartoon and then they actually did it the old way on the actual movie. Oh, that's wild. Because if you look at Bugs Bunny, the Bugs Bunny that you see in this movie is not the Bugs Bunny from 1989. Oh, interesting. It's not at all. Yeah. Uh, Disney has a tendency to stay more true to what it looks like. Like, over time, Bugs Bunny made some drastic changes in what it looked like. Huh. A little information. For yeah. A little something to tuck in your pocket. Well, do you know they did a test run for this movie for executives? Uh, I did not. So they used an actor like to fill in for Eddie Valiant to show they could do the animation oh, process. Oh, I did that, that short video where he's falling yeah. down the stairs. I did see that. Do you yeah, know who yeah. the guy is? God, he looked familiar, but I couldn't tell who it's it was. It's Joey Pants. Joey Pantaleone. That's amazing. He's in everything. Yeah, well, he was in the Goonies. Yeah. That's all we need to know. And they couldn't believe it wasn't someone actually, like, physically in the shoot, you know, That's besides great. him. It's really cool. Uh, who Framed Roger Rabbit and Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas in 93 are the only films under the Touchstone picture label that are considered officially Disney films. That's neat. I thought it was kind of neat. Yeah. I like Touchstone, the you little do. lightning you thing. Like, you like to touch stones. I, actually, uh, I, <laughs> I have a challenge, actually, for everyone out there. 
What is this challenge? I want you to send me a picture if you have any Roger Rabbit, who framed Roger Rabbit memorabilia. Because they didn't make very much memorabilia for this movie. Yeah. They did, I don't know why. Like, I guess they thought the sales of probably the like the old school Looney Tunes and... Uh, or it was because Lucas wasn't involved. He was the one who was big into all the... Mar- no, that's not true. Spielberg would do that yeah. too. I don't know. So there's like not Roger Rabbit like oh, dolls and stuff like that. You know what? I wonder if it had to do... Is he like, too close to getting, Bunny? Yeah, like getting the likeness... In the movies is one thing, but then you start talking about like merchandise and you mm-hmm. have like Disney parks and it's like, how do you even do merchandise? You think they would both jump on it though? You know what I mean? Like this I movie know, made man. 320 million. They didn't know it was going to make that. I mean, by the time I know, but you two weeks out, you're like, Hey, production. Well, the, it's not easy to flip uh stuff from China, from China <laughs> in the two week period to make like, you know, toxic little toys and stuff. I like such. my toxic little toys. toys. Richard Williams fell in love with the character of Baby Herman and insisted on animating practically every frame of his character. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. It's really funny. So you said the Donald Duck and Daffy Duck is your favorite scene? It's up there, man. Why Why is it? I think because you just never appreciated how similar their characters are uh, in certain ways. Yeah. And then the, when the, the two speech of them impediments together, are different. And, yeah. and just like also like the rage yeah. and like the, the devil horns. It, it was yeah. just like yeah. funny. Like you have to remember for us now, we're so spoiled. We're so spoiled. Like having Having the Hulk and Captain America in one movie, having Superman, like all these movies that are common movies, like we see it all the time. Back in the day, dude, you had shows, like it'd be a great example, right? Hanna-Barbera. Yep. You know, you had all of these different cartoons that were under the umbrella of Hanna-Barbera. From, He-Man. Uh, from the, no, that was nope. fil- Filmation. Oh. Um, Whoops. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Hanna-Barbera was like uh, Jetsons, the Flintstones, Jabberjaw. Jabberjaw? You've never seen Jabberjaw? No. Jabba, 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 <laughs> No respect. No. Really? Sounds great. It's awesome. They had this thing called Wacky Races, which is Hanna-Barbera's all of their commodities would be in like one cartoon racing against each other. And and I wasn't even like a huge Hanna-Barbera guy, and it would blow my mind. This movie took the two most iconic this is bird and jordan doing the off the mcdonald's commercial and this was a, a full what was it two hour movie hour and a half movie a, a, a soft 90 minutes what do you got hour 47 this is an hour and 47 minutes of combining every single animated intellectual property i grew up with yeah it was it was mind-blowing to it, me it really is the other kind of cool thing I mean, that was just sad, but it's kind of cool. So um, there was a movie that came out in 88 called Daffy Duck's Quackbusters. This movie and that movie were the last appearances by Mel Blanc. He died the year after that. Aww. And I mean, there's like, you got Mel Blanc and you got Walt Disney. Those are the the monsters. I mean, I think God, he did. I can't even think of how many names he or how many voices he did, but he did a lot of them for Warner Brothers. Uh, Max, what else do you got? I like Eddie's uh, drinking arc. You know what I mean? That he like is sober at the end. I love that he loves wild turkey. That's all he drinks. <laughs> Was it wild it, turkey? If you look carefully, it's wild yeah. turkey. It's all he drinks. <laughs> and he keeps a flask in his holster instead of a gun, which is amazing. Oh, you know what's wild? Uh, alcohol companies were clamoring to get the sponsorship on uh, you know what the, the drinks were on, yeah, the, yeah. on the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And Warner Brothers couldn't work out. Uh, like, you know, they didn't want a sponsor that was alcohol for something that's like kid related. And, and they also told him, it's like, hey, when Roger drinks this stuff, you know, he like blows up basically. It's not like a good advertisement for you. They're like, we don't care. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm like a good booze now and again. Some wild turkey. I'm doing uh sober January. Good for you, Max. Yeah. I thought you I thought you don't drink anymore anyways. Not really. I have a couple beers. My favorite drinking story ever. Well, not drinking story, but in the beginning of COVID, we were doing Zoom together. Yeah. And you had like a scotch phase for like a little bit. And 
You talk normally, but like casually, you'd have like two large lock rock glasses and you'd be like slamming them down. You're like, I'm a Scotch man yeah, now. The, Give me that Macallan 12. COVID, COVID, did, COVID did some things yeah, to me. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It really did some things to me. <laughs> Dolores is really good in this movie, too. You know, when I heard the name Dolores, all I could think of is like, wouldn't it be Seinfeld? Yeah, no, not Seinfeld. Westworld. Westworld, yeah. Max. Dolores. Oh, That's yeah. That's all I thought yeah. of when I heard Dolores. I was like, is this the origin story of Dolores from Westworld? <laughs> no, there's an episode where Jerry's dating a woman and he can't remember her name and she's like, well, You'd be you'd hate your name too if it rhymed with a female anatomy part and like he can't figure it out. And at the end he goes, Dolores! It's Dolores! Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh the bottle of chili sauce falling into the open cartoon had to be reanimated several times because a British animator used the UK spelling chili, C H I L L I instead of C H I L I. Hmm. Anything you change about this movie? No, I don't think there's anything I would change about it. I I I maybe, maybe, if anything, I'd get more engagement from the cameos. Like you went to all the trouble to having them. I'd it, love to see more Mickey and more. They're very flyby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but but maybe that's also what kind of makes it good. Yeah, you want you, is it you're left wanting the lead. You're left wanting more. There it is. That's all. That's our max. <laughs> Uh, all right, Max, I think it's fair to say that there's no room for us to go through the movie. We already know basically what happens. It's Judge Doom. They kill him. Everybody's happy. Do you know that uh, I think it's either Spielberg or Zemeckis, one of them, it was probably Zemeckis, kept the flattened version of Judge, Judge Doom. I think he still has it. That's incredible. Yeah. That's That would be on my collector list. Yeah, we should put that on the oh, What would be your uh, memorabilia from this movie? Oh, that's a great question. His gun is pretty cool. His gun cool. is pretty cool. Yeah. And it's unique. It's long. God, do I, is it the gun? It might be the gun. No. I don't you know. Can, you like, can get dark and be like the like the shoe, the leftover smudge of the shoe. No, the printing press where he almost kills the guy. You could have the tie. How about just like a rusty oiler tanker thing of dip, like the, <laughs> like the like there's the big like casing thing of dip. You ever seen Cloverfield Lane? Yes, I think of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want that in my house. That's a little bit weird. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know, like some of the stuff in here, like if you realistically, what I would keep as a memorabilia piece, there's some like uh signage that they have outside of the bar, outside of his office, like the Valiant and Valiant Brothers. That's like, really sign cool. Sign would be kind of cool. Eddie's bed. The, yep. uh, like have that in your room. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Because there's stuff on the wall with it too. Yeah. The the, the trap, the booby trap, I'd probably want that. <laughs> yeah, obviously. yeah, definitely. Max, uh, is there anything else? from a fact standpoint that you want to bring up before we swing on over to our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. So just that these guys are rebels and basically like laughed in the face of conventional wisdom. I guess they showed this uh, 18 and 19 year olds yeah, and they walked out and hated it. And they're like, screw it, we're going to go harder. They didn't change anything. Yeah, yeah, Zemeckis didn't change a damn thing. I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, this is actually one of those rare times where you and I are in total alignment. I, I use the word audacity because I think that's the right word. Cajones. The, the audacity to make this movie and stick to it. And it's a great movie. And again, you asked me at the beginning, is this one of your favorite 80s movies. I don't know that it's one of my favorite all-time like top five movies. I love this movie. I love watching this movie. I, I loved watching this movie with my kids. They thought it was hilarious. They didn't get half the references. They still thought it was funny. And I give anyone credit to try something that, that's this out of the bubble. You know, you brought up, I didn't even think of the money part of it, but to spend that kind of money on a film. Insane. That has no track record of this type of thing being successful, right? Ever. Ever. And it's not like they got the biggest name actors either. Like no. outside of Christopher Lloyd, like Eddie, I mean, uh, what's his name? Bob Hoskins was not like a well-known name. Now, do you think part of that is because of the inflated cost that they had to pay? Like, I assume. No, because who look at who they were going for before yeah, who they rejected. Right. Right. So they were going for big names. But I think it works better. This needs to be a world separate yeah. from like. You don't want it to overshadow. I don't want to see Han Solo in this movie and be like, well, maybe I do. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Harrison Ford's good and everything. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, uh, he was on Inside the Actor Studio and he said he regrets, he horribly regrets turning this down. Yeah, but he's too animated. You yeah. know what I mean? 
mean like you need someone who's reluctant. Uh, you know what? When when Bob Hoskins at the when Eddie at the end does that little like circus thing, it wouldn't have worked with Eddie. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Bob, look, that's the, isn't that the sign of a great movie when no matter who it is, he seems to be the perfect person for yeah, the role. Yeah. Like we've run that all the time. Like I don't know objectively that I would sit back and tell you that Schwarzenegger should have been Conan the Barbarian, but my God, he was the <laughs> perfect glorious. Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Uh, crush your enemies. Lamentation of the goats. Yeah. Those goat lamentating. <laughs> Max, I think we've talked more than enough about this movie. And that all being said, why don't we head on over to our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight? Max, this week's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is Ronald Mackinis. I could be jamming his name up pretty bad. What's his tag on uh, Instagram? <laughs> Moron, <laughs> I you have so few things to do on the show, and I can't. I, had really, it. I wish people could see you right now. Do, 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 do. Let's go over and get to the handle on it. It is Mac Dada Lorian. There you go. But what's, what is most what is most important, Max, is <laughs> on his Instagram page. His uh, what is that? Your tag or your narrative or what yeah, is it called? Your message or whatever. Your message just says what is best in life. Yeah, we all know the answer to that. Snakes, snakes, and goat yogurt. Snake plisket in your hair. <laughs> And he's got a cool beard, and he's a cool dad, and he just seems like an awesome guy. And he probably has some cool stuff to say about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, so let's hear what he had to say. Hi, guys. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is one of the movies I've seen 200 times as a kid, and then once last night getting ready for this. The thing I remember loving most were the one-liners. The self-medicating alcoholism went right over my head back then. The reveal of Judge Doom being the tune that killed Eddie's brother is just how I remembered it. Not sure if this made it into the trivia, Mo. But the plot was inspired by Chinatown. After all the years, my favorite scene slash moment, just like last week's episode, involves handcuffs. You mean you could have taken your hand out of that cuff at any time? No, not at any time. Only when it was funny. Thanks, guys. I just want to give a shout out to my wife who told me to write all this down. The handcuff scene is absolutely hilarious. Oh, it's so good. I love hearing his baby in the background, too. I'm like, look at him. Just finding time. <laughs> finding time to talk shop well, with the boys. Wasn't phased at all. No. Trust me, you're not. Once you have a kid. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't even hear my kids yelling for me anymore. <laughs> Dad, help. I'm like, remember me, Charlie. <laughs> have you said that to your kids yet? No, dude. I tear. Go, I, go I, back home today. You should have seen me at this, at this party last night with my kids. I was going out of my way to humiliate them. It was so fun for me. <laughs> I started dancing with him. I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm like, it's cool. I got the moves. It's all good. All good. Uh, why don't you do like some of those other boys? And they're like, what are you singing from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? All right, Max, uh, back to our fan spotlight. I totally agree with what he had to say. And yeah, Chinatown. That's a Chinatown, like you mentioned. <laughs> in there. You always have to do it. I have to do I count myself. Uh, excellent spotlight. Great feedback. And always appreciate getting words in from our fans. And he thanked his wife. What a gentleman. Yeah. A scholar. Max, uh, breaking news. <laughs> While talking to you, my I only have one alert that is not blocked on my phone from interrupting podcasting fact or anything from Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> and neither of those were what came in. We have a new patron. No way! Your friend and mine, Mr. Steve Joyce. Dude, he's a firefighter too. Uh, yeah, and he's an Iceman. Just yeah. came in hot as an Iceman. And he like listens with his dad and he talks to me all the time. He's, he's great. Awesome. He's the best. Yeah. He's the best. So we have to do a, a quick second from our hearts and from the bottom of our soul. Thank, Thank you. you! Seriously, Steve. Like, much appreciated. Yeah, you're the man. Yeah. And don't forget, back to that uh, calendar that we got from B-Ball. Let us know who you are because we want to celebrate you as well. Max, that concludes our episode on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Don't forget subscribe yep follow us do that stuff 
buzzinthetower.com. Follow us on social media at buzzinthetower, patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. And I got nothing else other than I love this movie. And how do you want to end this spectacular episode on Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I actually thought about this one. Oh, boy. I'm not incompetent. I was just drawn that way. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, check the probate. Why, my Uncle Thumper had a problem with this probate, and he had to take these big pills and drink lots of water. <laughs> Not prostate, you idiot. Probate. Sorry. I love that joke. Next, a, I'll see you. I don't, don't want to hear what you goodbye. have to say. Goodbye. I'll see you next week. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.